Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous but freezing cold December 17th day, 2.20. In today's podcast, we are going to learn 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This will enable you to understand what is going on in the world today with you and what God expects from you, even here and now. God's in real time. This podcast and the Companion Chapel Worldwide Ministry is brought to you by your generous donations. Thank you so much. Go to companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com or simply support by just emailing me to say hi or come visit the Companion Chapel at number 338 Side Road 2829 Sogging Shores, Ontario, Canada, NOG 2GO or call 519-706-8876. And today's podcast is about your spiritual gifts. And turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Paul teaching. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would have you I would have you not be ignorant. Your spiritual gifts. We have to look at the affairs of time when when uh, we're being taught about spiritual gifts. Because you have to think outside your flesh body. You have to close your flesh eyes and open your spiritual eyes. You think like this. We're all going to die within a couple years. Like we're talking maybe 40 years, 30 years, 10 years, 5 years. Nobody knows. Well, you're going to die and this flesh body will die and then you're in your spiritual body. And right now, God has given you spiritual gifts that he expects from you. So don't always... Don't be thinking about your flesh body constantly because in the affairs of time, when we go back infinity and a forward infinity, we have to think about our, our spiritual body, which is far more important. But people in the ways of the world get hung up on their flesh bodies and they get hung up in the ways of the world and it's a sad thing. Now, Paul says, don't be ignorant about your spiritual gifts and your spiritual body. And your spiritual gifts are now, in real time now. Verse 2. You know that you are Gentiles, you were Gentiles, that means just of the nations, ethnos, like uh, carried away unto these dumb idols, even you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus Christ is the Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. And again, he's Paul's pounding away, there's the ways of the world, and there's God's ways, what he expects from you. And dumb idols, it's anything you idolize. And in the last couple of chapters, we talked about what people idolize. And they idolize their flesh bodies and then the needs of the flesh and material things. And think about how hard you strive and, and worry about the economy or people, people in general. Worry about the economy, worry about money and the wants and wanting more stuff. And think about Solomon. Solomon was the richest person that ever lived on the planet. And Solomon had anything he wanted. And Solomon was not a happy guy. Read Ecclesiastes and then the Song of Solomon. He just calls it all vanity of vanities, vexation of spirit. And where's Solomon now? Would all that stuff get him? Because, because all the stuff in the world, what money can buy, and all the things that you put in front of God, they can't, they can't get you salvation. And money can't buy you love and happiness and contentment and virtue 
or integrity, and it can't get you salvation, faith or grace. These are things of the spiritual body, and we all have a spiritual body inside of us. Our spirit is the intellect of our soul. Our spirit is who you are. It's, it's your reactive attitude towards all your all actions. Your spirit is the intellect of your soul, and your soul is what you are, and God owns all souls, as it's written. Verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Okay, so there's different gifts that people have. And Paul's going to lay it out for us. Just hang on here. Six. And there are, there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in one. There's one God. Let's look at uh, Moses, for example. Moses was good at taking instruction, but he determined that Aaron was a better communicator. Now, we're going to go through a lot of this here. Paul really lays it out for us. Seven. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by Spirit of the word of wisdom, and another the word of knowledge, and by the same Spirit, that's the Spirit of God, to another faith, by the same Spirit to another gifts of healing, by the same Spirit. Okay, let's just go over some of these. Well, let's go verse 10 first. To another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man as he will, severally as he will. What we're saying here is there's a many-membered body of God. So back to verse 2, it's the Spirit of God. Jesus Christ is the Lord by the Spirit of God. And if you can't deny that, you can't have any questions inside you or, you, or your spiritual gifts won't work. Let's go over some of these gifts here. The Spirit of the Word of Wisdom. That means some people are better at studying and getting this book so it makes sense to us. Uh, spirit of Knowledge. This means some people have walked in the ways of the world and they have some street creds or they have some creds in the, in the ways of the world, but they've come back to God and they have they can discern and help other people with the many-membered body. Like they can turn to the one with wisdom and then they can teach the word. It's by the Spirit of the Lord for the many-membered body. To another have faith. Some people, even through the most trying circumstances, whether being handicapped or living in grinding poverty or just having terrible things happen to them. Remember, all the evil in the world comes from the human heart. They still have faith in God. And they show really strong what faith is. And some people say, how can you have faith in God when this happened to you or that happened to you? Or you don't have like three cars in a, in a four-bedroom house, the picket fence, and, and you're living in grinding poverty. You have faith in God because you know. That's a gift. To another working of miracles. And this word miracles means um, this power of getting things done. It doesn't mean they're going to, that doesn't mean they're going to go put on a sideshow somewhere. It's like, it'd be a miracle for me if someone came along. I was allowed the gift of understanding or the gift of wisdom of the word. I can read this Bible from cover to cover and teach it so people understand. But I don't have the spirit or the gift of miracles of getting it out there to the people. 
That's getting things done, of using social media, uh, the internet, of broadcasting, of uh, pulling together a church, of even making for myself a place to live that's decent. Like, I woke up this morning, and all my water's frozen. I live with no hydro, and I live with uh, no running water, and it's freezing in here. But God gives other people in the many-membered body the working of miracles, to get things done to another prophecy. That means rightly dividing God's word, or rightly opening it up for people to understand when they come and say, what's this say, or what's that say? Then they can say, oh, they know where to turn in the Bible, and if they need to, they can go to the person who has wisdom and say, okay, we need a, a good uh, uh, opening up of the word here for this person to understand. You can guide the people, spirit of prophecy. There's nothing more. Christ came in the volume of the book. This doesn't mean God speaks to this person individually, something outside this book. The book is sealed. Genesis to Revelation, God's got nothing more to say to us. But there's a lot in here, and none of us will ever grasp the entirety of this book in this lifetime. Uh, of discerning spirits. Yeah, what's in somebody? What, like, you can come up to somebody, are they being fake or are they being real? Uh, another, uh, kinds of tongues. Listen, I'm white trash from Ontario, Cambridge, Ontario, Canada. I live up here in Sogging Shores and outside the town of Paisley, out in the country. And I speak one language, English. That's my tongue. To another interpretation of tongues. Some people speak a lot of languages, one or two, two or more. And they can interpret. And they can say, if someone came up here, say, I uh, only speak Spanish or Portuguese. And they say, and they want to learn the Bible. And... I can't teach them the Bible because I only speak English, but you have a gift of tongues. You can speak more than one language, and you can interpret to that person. We are all brothers and sisters in God's eyes. There's no hierarchy amongst human beings. Eleven. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. That like God knows your gift, he knows what you can handle, and he knows if you're slacking off on it and putting other things in front of his gift. And you have to be part of the many-membered body of Christ. And that's what the first 11 verses says. But let, let Paul, he really, he really drives it home here. And there's no getting around it, the message that's being said here. Verse 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, and think spiritually... Stuck in the many-membered body of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also in Christ. Thank you, Paul. But when we're in the flesh body, we have to get together in these flesh bodies because we, we are bound by the perimeters of being human. We're in these flesh bodies, and we have to get together and support each other. You can't go to one church, like Paul said in the, in the last chapter, say, oh, this is church of Big Joe Diamond, big shot here. Uh, look at our steeples higher than everybody's, and we have more uh, people here than anybody else. You don't go with the popular unless they're teaching the Word. You go and you seek out people that, like Paul said, that are weak in the ways of the world, that are, that are just barely making it by, but have faith, and, and they're um, regarding their spiritual gifts. Faith, wisdom, knowledge. As for knowledge... Just a comment here. God allowed me wisdom, and 
God watched me in the ways of the world for years, gaining knowledge, and that's chastisement. And I give great thanks for the chastisement God gave me. God only chastises those he loves. And give thanks for chastisement. God will never leave you or forsake you. You leave or forsake God thinking you know better. And we all have. And that's a sin. We all follow the prisons of the world. Prisons of sensual lust that people put themselves in. Prisons of drugs and alcohol. Prisons of wantings and 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 longings for material things, prisons of entitlement. And God's right there saying, when you're done beating yourself up with these things, destroying your life and other people's, I'm here for you. And thank you, God. And humble when you think about that. God only chastises those he loves. How else are you going to learn? For by one spirit, we are all baptized in one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, it doesn't matter who you are. Whether we be bond or free, it doesn't matter who you are. And have been all made to drink in one spirit. Spirit of the Lord. And when you drink of the spirit, what happens like when you drink? You just take a drink of water. It saturates into every cell of your body. And think about that. You let the spirit, you let the Holy Spirit saturate into you and all around you and onto others. You pray for that, like in the last chapters, you pray for the veil of Christ and hedge of God. That's what you wear on your head. You don't say, I'm a Jew, I'm a Gentile, I'm bond, I'm free. Stop whining. You can be proud of who you are, but be careful of the doctrine. Be careful of the leaving that's within those shingles that you hold over your head. It has to be the veil of Christ, the hedge of God, saturated by the Holy Spirit inside you and all around you. It's all about love, compassion, looking at others who are beating themselves up with the rod of iron. They're, they beat themselves. God has no pleasure in beating you. It gives God no pleasure to walk, watch you walk in the ways of the world and get frustrated, angry, have all your uh, egotisms and narcissisms and entitlement feelings and thinkings that you're better and blaming those, you're beating yourself up with that. All your anxieties, fears, and worries, that all comes from yourself. God's not the author of confusion. He's the author of love. And those things I just mentioned have nothing to do with love. They have everything to do with sin. What's in the middle of what, letter I, in the middle of sin? Iniquity starts with the letter I. Lucifer has the letter I buried right in the center of it, just like sin. And self-pride, pride has the eye buried in it right in the center, right in the heart of the word. Just like sin, egotisms. 15, if thy foot shall say, because I am not the hand. Now, listen here, Paul's using the analogy of the flesh. And let's say it right out. This is taught on an elementary school level. You have your spiritual body and your flesh body. Your spiritual body dwells within you right now. It's bound by the primers of being human. And as soon as you die, the flesh body dies. Instantly, you're with the Father, and you're in that spiritual body, the natural body of being in the Spirit. Remember, God repented that he had to put us all through this, that we all had to be born innocent of woman. We all had to pass through the matrix once, born innocent of woman, because we have to get the evil out of us. Because Jesus Christ is the light, and the light is the truth. And the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And 
when you meet your maker, you don't want to be having any of those things that are corrupt or of the darkness or any guile or malice found in you or any sin found in you. Or Christ will say to you as it's written, depart from me, I never knew you. You want to carry these things? I don't know those things. Get them, get them away. I'm not allowing those things in the heaven. And then you just go and you're going to have to beat yourself up with all your attitudes and aptitudes until you can humble yourself and realize these things are vanity of vanities, all is vanity. If thy foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is that what your foot says to your hand? No, it's the body, just like the many-member body of Christ. It is therefore not of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. Now, Christ is using, or you know, God's teaching us through Paul here, using the, the analogy of there's some people with different gifts, and they're all of the many-member body of Christ. And look at your own body. Can you divide it up and say, hey, you're not part of the body because, yeah, you're just an organizer of the church. You, you're not a part of the body. Uh, you just discern if people are really being, uh, if their heart's in it or if they're just a mockery. Like, you're not part of it. You're discerner of spirits. And uh, you over there, you can only speak two languages or three languages. You're not part of the body, many-member body of Christ. No. It takes all these gifts God gives to be part of the many-member body of Christ. 17. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were hearing, how would you smell? What Paul is saying is, hey, here's a guy over here. He understands the Bible. He was, I gave this guy word of wisdom, but he's got an eye. Now, how can he spread the word out to other people? Who else can hear it? Who else can, and he's saying here, who, if the whole body were hearing, how would you smell? Like, doesn't your nose part of your body? Aren't your senses part of your body? But now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. There's no part of the many-membered body that's more important. Just because there's a guy standing there at your church in a dress with a backwards collar, he's not more important than you are if you're supporting the church. And he's teaching the Bible, not using it as a book of quotes. Or having some ridiculous rock band play for 35 minutes before he gets up there, then uses the Bible as a book of quotes. And we pray for these people. We want to learn God's Word. We don't want to learn uh, how to get your adrenaline going and then, and then sit in the parking lot and go, Hey, I just opened my Bible and uh, I'm still as biblically illiterate as I was an hour and $100 ago. 19. And if they were all one member, where's the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. Okay, 1920 explains itself. Where's the body? Well, Christ is the head, obviously. We just learned that in the last chapter about the hair and the head. Some people might have found that um, confusing at first when they first read it, but I explained it pretty good in the last podcast. 21. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor, that, nor again the head to the feet. I don't need you. Like, does that sound right? Can you do that? Can you look at your hand? I don't need you. And uh, look at your feet. I don't need you. Then you've handicapped the many-membered body. And it's like uh, Pastor Boy, he can't say to the guy who's organizing everything, Hey, uh, I don't need you anymore, Mr. Uh, Worker of Miracles, the guy that gets things done, because, uh, you know, those collection plates are really uh, getting heavy these days, and uh, I think I'm paying you too much. No. All the many-member body of Christ. 
Don't let leaving come in there. Don't let pride and arrogance or greed or or lust of the flesh come in there into your church, or it'll never come into this church while I'm here. I'll tell you that much. Okay, verse uh, 21, 22. Nay, much more these members are the body, which seem to be more feeble are necessary. That just means not feeble. Take that word out. Put the word in, uh, like, uh, different, which seem different are necessary. 23. And that'll hold there, and, and believe me. And those members of the body, which we think be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have we a more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. There should be no uh, argument, uh, schisma, which means division, in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. That means you're unique. You count. You're loved. God loves you because you're part of the many-membered body. Don't leave someone out like who has wisdom and just leave them there just to hang and just take and just take the word and then say, oh, I'm not going to use my gift here. I got things to do. I got to get to Walmart before seven. I have to get to Costco. I have to get to work. No, you have to understand. God gives you gifts. And if you have the gift of extra money, if you have the gift of labor, if you have the gift of getting things done, if you have the gift of discerning spirits, then you have to use them. The gift of tongues, you have to use them. You can't just leave one part of the body and go, hey, well, you know what? I'm just going to leave that part. I'm just going to take what I want for myself. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to go with it. Uh, see you later. I got to get dinner on the table and I have to do uh, all these things. And I, I, have, uh, I have my Facebook to update and uh, I have some scrolling to do through Pinterest and whatever you do with your time. God requires you to give his time and time is short. 28, and God has set some in the churches, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. There, Paul wraps up, wraps up um, gifts that everybody has in some way right here. Uh, apostles, that sent out ones, that seed planters, secondarily prophets. Prophets are the ones that can get into the Bible and, and discern the word and have it ready to be taught. And the teachers and prophets are pretty, are pretty much the same, okay? Because there's nobody prophets. There's no, nothing new God is telling us. Christ came in the volume of the book. You cannot add or subtract from what's written in the book, period. So no, God's not telling you anything special that's outside of the Bible. After that, miracles. That's people getting things done in the church. Like it's a miracle to them when they wrote this. If, if, Paul, if I could say to Paul, hey, Paul, what if I walked up to Paul back then with my MacBook Pro here and said, listen, you want to get to everybody in the planet? 
we can do a podcast here just from this rock underneath this tree, and I'm going to upload it to uh, something I don't even know what it's called, some server, and and people can just click on this button here on their device, and they can hear the word. That's a miracle. That's nothing short of a miracle that's getting things done. God knew this would all happen because he said well, things will happen that you can't even imagine. Then the gifts of healing, that's being nice and compassionate. When someone comes in and they're hurting and they, and they come up to the church or they come up for, what does God say about this? What did Jesus Christ, how can all these things happen to me? You have compassion. You, you teach them how to forgive. You teach them, it, like if you have a marriage and someone's coming up and saying, oh, because in this marriage this is happening and, and, and I can't handle it and why is this happening to me? I'm a good person. Okay, well, the person with the gift of healing will help you take inventory of what's going on inside you and you can purge all the things of darkness and this person of healing will guide you to show you how to allow the love of Christ to come into your heart and that is love and compassion beyond our present comprehension. This person of healing can show us what the cross meant, what it means. Why did Christ have to go up on the cross? Why did that have to happen? The Son of God, His righteous right arm, He never sinned, no guile, no malice, no corruption was found in Him. And people still come to me and say, what's this cross thing all about? And I'm telling you, Christ went up there. He did not compromise with evil in thought, and act in any way possible. And that validates this whole book. It validates that there's going to be a kingdom of God and there will be a peace beyond our present comprehension and no evil will be there. No guile, no malice, no lust of the flesh. None of the prisons that all of us walk down now. He made that blood covenant. He did not compromise with evil and that validated it all. And he's the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our comprehension. None of us could do that. Every one of us is a sinner and we've all walked in the ways of the world. Christ never did. And that validates that whole good and evil. He defeated evil by doing that, by setting up a kingdom. And it's sitting in abeyance waiting for us. The King of kings, Lord of lords, Prince of peace. And he did that because he loves you as an individual. He loves us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. 29. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? No, you can't do it all. You have your gift. God knows I'm no worker of miracles. Getting things done, are you kidding? I bought 40 bags of insulation about two months ago, and I still only got 20 bags here, and I'm freezing. I still only have 20 bags poured in. I'm freezing. I just don't get stuff done. I spend all my time well, as much time as I can, uh, studying, and that's my job. Wisdom, to, to teach the Word. Everything else I'm useless in. Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak tongues? Am I a good healer? I, I've probably come across a bit harsh. I'm not as compassionate when it comes to saying, that's okay. That's, uh, your, your marriage is being destroyed because you sit in the other room with 19 pages of porn open, yelling at your kids to be quiet, and uh, expecting your wifey to be there, you know, at bedtime because you live in the prison of sensual lust. It's, it's okay. You know what? You can get over it. Uh, no. I, t- I tell them straight up. 
yeah, you put yourself in that prison. You're beating yourself up and you're so selfish. You're, you're beating up your whole family and you're going to lose your family. And you're going to be sitting in some hotel room looking in the mirror, blaming and full of egotistical entitlement, saying, oh, if only she was more, you know, wound up like I was at bedtime. Well, that's so disrespectful, looking upon others and having expectations on others, looking on others for your personal gratification. That's just one thing. Same with drug people. You're so selfish. Like, let me tell you something. There's nothing anyone can say to me that would surprise me. Do I have the gift of feeling? Well, take it or leave it. The governments, uh, helps. I'm useless in this stuff. Diversity of, of tongues. Let me tell you how useless I am in this. I lived in Mexico for a while and I learned one word. Alto, because it's written on every stop sign. Other than that, I'm useless in diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Am I sent out to, to plant seeds? No. People see me coming. They usually, usually uh, they just scatter. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? I am. I teach. I'm a teacher of the word. Are all workers of miracles? Again, getting things done? Um, no one can say that about me, that's for sure. Having all the gifts of healing, again, uh, if you come up to me and you say, I have anxiety, I'm going to tell you something about anxiety that might not be so as gentle as you would like to hear because I don't have compassion for anxiety. Some people do say, okay, it's okay, it's all right, calm down. I'm like, for me, I don't have that gift. My gift is you're going to sit there and make something up in your mind that hasn't come to pass yet, and you, and I have no idea what's going through your mind, and you want me to have compassion for that? So you want to make up what's going to happen that hasn't happened, and you exhaust your caregivers, and some people can take more than that than me. Yeah, so I don't have that gift. Um, speak in tongues, interpret. No, no, no. I can interpret the stop sign in Mexico. Uh, alto means stop, okay? Other than that, I'm useless. And verse 31, but covet earnestly. No, don't covet. Take that word out of there in the manuscripts. Let's see what this word means. As I flip through the pages, it means zeal, zealous. But zealously, use your gifts zealously, earnestly. And yet show I unto you a more excellency way. Like... Take into account all the verses we just read. And that's it. That's it for verse for chapter 12, verse 31. Earnestly use the best gifts. Use them zealously. And show you, and yet show I unto you a more excellency way. Use your gifts, and Paul will show you. It's all in the book. It's all in the Bible. You stay within the Bible. You translate within the Bible. And you don't let other people's... Uh, innuendos or other people's ways or mankind's inconsistent thought pattern unprincipled get into the bible and question it because you cannot violate the principles of god without consequence and always remember whenever and wherever god's word is called into question satan is there you went to the dark side you decided to take those that road and have company with that kind of thought pattern and that's free will. And you can do that. That's called leaving or forsaking God. God will never leave you or forsake you. God doesn't want you to think like that and entertain those ideals. Um, 
whenever and wherever God's word is challenged, the devil is there. Demons, devils, evil spirits. If you've ever entertained doubts about God's word, the false prophet is there. If God's word, the false prophet is there, and he's using his gift from Satan, saying, it's okay, brother. It's okay. You can, you can tweak God's word to suit your lifestyle. Come on in. God loves you. It's true. God loves you. But he doesn't love what you're doing. And what you're doing is in your spirit because you validated it. Christ did not validate anything evil. Christ did not validate anything morally corrupt. Christ did not validate anything of the bad, anything wrong, anything of malice, guile, or egotisms, or entitlement. He told us to be humble. He said, the meek shall inherit the earth. That means to afflict. The meek means to have self-discipline. You reflect yourself. You don't go chasing after every vain curiosity that comes up. You don't go chasing after every special interest that comes up. You think about their moral standards. Jesus Christ did not validate regret, blame, disappointment in others. Jesus Christ did not value, val, validate worry and anxiety. He said, fear not. Over and over and over in the Bible. You're making it up. You're making up stories in your own mind. Jesus Christ did not validate people with disdain and hate and vengeful feelings and slanderers. Racists. Disgusting. Racism is absolutely disgusting in every guise. There is no racism in the Bible. It is love and compassion for all of us. We're all brothers and sisters in God. We all sang together for joy in front of God. Do you think there was one group here thinking, yeah, we're better than these people because the color of our skin were better? You got to be kidding me. You're disgusting. God did not validate disgust through his son, Jesus Christ. God did not validate feelings, even the slightest elation over other people's miseries, downfalls, and faults. If that makes you happy, I've, there's these people that are teaching the Bible and they're teaching about heaven and hell. And as the affairs of time wrap up right now, they're saying it's natural to feel an elation over other people's downfalls, faults, and miseries. It's natural to look down and say, yeah, see, I was right and you were wrong. Now you go fry like a piece of bacon over here and I'm going to sit up in this cloud with my bro Jesus on this lawn chair and we're going to sit up here and watch you fry like a piece of bacon down there in hell. Yeah, that's natural. That is so unnatural. That's not natural in God's eyes. That's satanic. That's evil. That's disdain. That's vengeful. That's revenge. We look upon these people with compassion. Look at what the hell they're going through when they do wrong to others. They have to wear that. And you have to take inventory. What happened? Yeah, bad things happen to good people. But most of the time, almost, I'd say 99.999, infinity nine percent of the time, you have some responsibility in that. And you have to take inventory for yourself. That's how you pray for your enemy. Take inventory in yourself. You don't look at their faults. Look at your faults. You pray for forgiveness and you pray for your enemy saying, I hope he comes around and repents. I hope he has a change of heart. Not, I hope he goes to uh, uh, hell so I can sit there and uh, with my bros, uh, all these people in this better than thou church. Yeah, yeah, we was right. You was wrong. There, go fry like a piece of bacon over there in hell. You got to be kidding me. 
You got to be kidding me. For anyone to teach that, repent. Humble yourself. Pray for the love of Christ in your heart. Get that vengeful revenge spite out of you. Because it can't come into heaven. Because when you meet your maker, Jesus Christ will say to you, depart from me. I never knew you that work iniquity. You're not coming in. All the other feelings, jealousy, discontent. Jesus Christ did not validate that. He did not validate resent or covetousness or bitterness or suspicion and mistrust. He did not validate insecurity and possessiveness. And we have to be very careful. The love of Christ come into your heart. God's word makes you feel uneasy or causes you to express suspicion towards the validity. Validity. Evil spirits are there infested in your ego, feeding all of your uncertainties, anxieties, and fears. Jesus Christ is the Lord. Think about the cross. Why does the cross stand? Everywhere you look, there's a cross. Don't devaluate the cross. Validate it by understanding that was the most selfless act of love and compassion for you as an individual. Even when you walk away from God, He's always there. And Jesus Christ validated the good over evil. He defeated it. He took the stripes for you. All you have to do is get on your knees and ask for forgiveness and have a change of heart. You don't have to have railroad spikes driven through your hands to feel physical pain beyond measure and to be hung up on a cross, the Son of God, in front of all the evil of the world just to validate Hey, there's a good and evil, a right and wrong, and an heaven and hell. And just know God loves you. And stay tuned for 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike. Email me. Say hi. Companionchapel at gmail.com or e-transfer some funds or bring me some food out here. Number 338, Side Road 2829, Sogging Shores, Ontario, Canada, just outside of the town of Paisley. The river runs through here. Come for a walk or bring some labor. If you can get some insulation in here for me or do this plastic or some drywall. I have a forklift here from my masonry company. Yeah, I know how to do masonry. That's it. But as for anything else, what is your gift? Getting things done? Come on out. Let's make this a great church. I love you to pieces. Believe me. And God loves you too. Thank you very much for listening. Have a thank you very much. Have a great day and bye for now.